0: Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. And where we're going to pick up is in Matthew uh, chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. So throughout this series, what we've been talking about uh, with the kingdom of heaven is that we want to make sure um, that if there's anything we're going to study, it's going to be the thing that Jesus spoke on the most. Uh, Jesus actually talked about the kingdom of heaven far more than any other subject in in any other matter. He always talked about, he always focused on the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because when Jesus came to this earth, he didn't just come to die for our sins, yes, but he came to establish a kingdom. He came to establish a kingdom whose builder and maker is God. um, Not a kingdom that can perish, but a kingdom that will last forever. So that's why we take heart, because we are a part of that kingdom. And can I tell you, there are a lot of privileges and perks to being part of the kingdom of heaven. And so we've been studying the kingdom of heaven together and been reading these parables that have been explaining how uh, God, uh, how Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, how he uh, reigns in his kingdom. And so this is where we pick up uh, in a parable in Matthew uh, chapter 13, verse 3. Now, where we pick up... Uh, Jesus is actually gathering a crowd and he is speaking to them uh, from a boat um, uh, near the shore uh, uh, of the seashore. And now back in the day, it was a uh, offensive. It was a uh, uh, peculiar thing for the religious Pharisees to see the Word of God be taught outside of the temple. See, in those days, uh, teachings and, uh, and preachings of the Word of God was only meant for the temple. You weren't meant to go into public place and to, you weren't meant to go outside of the temple and speak on the Word of God. And so when Jesus came, he not only spoke in the temple he did teach and, and preach in the temple but he went outside of the the temple and he would speak about uh the kingdom of heaven and he would talk about the future of what it was going to hold in in public p- places and in, in places um, that weren't meant to be spoken in a, a religious law because i believe jesus he was trying to tell people that something different's on the way he was trying to tell people but that now that i am here The word of God is no longer contained by four walls. Now that I am here, uh, the spirit of God is no longer contained in the building. Now that I am here, like it says in, in, in the prophecy of Isaiah, that all flesh will encounter the spirits. And so when Jesus was speaking from the boat, what he was doing in that moment was saying, look, this message is not just for the religious. It's not just for the perfect. It's for everybody so he's he's preaching from a public place. And so that does encourage us because if Jesus can teach from a boat, he can teach you from anywhere. Any place you are, you can have a word of God. You can have a word of God in a car ride. You can get a word from God while you're taking a shower. You can get a word from God while you're in a workplace in the middle of your day. You can get a word of God anywhere. And that's all because of Jesus Christ. Are you all ready for a word of God tonight? So we're going to pick up in verse 3. So he's preaching from a, from a boat, and, he's, and, he, and he says this in verse 3. He, he told them many stories in the form of parables, um, such as this one. And Jesus tells a, a parable commonly referred to as the parable of the soils. And he says, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds, and as he scattered them across his field, um, some seeds fell on a footpath. And the birds came and ate them, and other seeds fell on sh- on shallow soil with underlying rock, and the seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plants soon wilted-, wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on soil and it produced a crop that was 30, 60 and even a hundred times as much as had been planted. And then he says anyone, everybody say anyone? Yeah. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand, should listen, And I understand, let's pray over uh, tonight's service. Father, we thank you for gathering us tonight, God. We thank you, Father, that we have come together for no other reason other than to grow closer to your son. So, Jesus, have your way, God. We thank you for miracles, signs, and wonders taking place tonight. We thank you for your spirit transforming us from the inside out. We thank you for renewal of minds. We thank you for breaking of of, of bonds, Father. We thank you, God, for addiction, fleeing this place tonight. That faith is going to be filled in this room, God. And we're going to see you show up and show out. And so, God, we give you praise ahead of us time for the miraculous things you're about to do we love you jesus so much and everybody says amen amen come on give jesus a hand clap of praise and thank y'all for standing y'all can be seated y'all can be seated um have you ever thought why does jesus even um teach in parables in the first place like wouldn't it be so much easier if jesus would just break out the powerpoint and kind of like break things down like word for word Kind of like your eighth grade algebra teacher, you know, take you down and break down each problem that you have in life and tell you exactly what you need to do. Like, there's nothing more, uh, there, nothing will put me to sleep quicker than when I was in eighth grade and my algebra teacher began to teach. Like that was, I remember that was my first class in in, in middle school, and right when I just got there and I heard her voice say, "Okay, open your books," I was like, "I was out." But the disciples, they had the same question to Jesus. Jesus, they asked him, Jesus, why do you teach in parables? Why do you uh, make these things? Why don't you just make it more plain? And they were, they were curious. They are asking him. And so in the following verse, after uh, verse 9 and 10, uh, where we just left off, uh, his disciples asked him this question it's in Matthew 13, verse 10. And his disciples came and asked him, and he said, why do you use parables when you talk to the people? And he replied, you are permitted uh, to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. So to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have, it will be taken away from them. So what Jesus was saying is that when I speak in parables, they're meant to spark your curiosity. They're they're meant to to spark something on the inside of you that makes you want to go deeper, that makes you want to study, that makes you want to read. See, Jesus says, I don't speak parables so that way people can become complacent, so that way people can become um, almost common to these words. He said, I speak in parables to spark curiosity because, as we said, the curious believers— those curious believers will seek understanding, but complacent believers, they will, just, uh, they will pass by the understanding. They, they, they won't be curious. They won't be hungry. They won't be wanting to go after more of what Jesus is speaking on. And see, that connects to our relationship with God, because if you think that our relationship with God can be passive and still be productive, you're wrong. To have a productive relationship with God, you have to be proactive with Jesus. You have to be curious about Christ. You you have to have a hunger on the inside of you to read more about his word. And so he said, I I speak to you in parables. Why? Because I want to spark curiosity in the believer. I want to spark a curiosity to where you want to go deeper in his word, where you want to go deeper into the uh, understanding of the kingdom of heaven. Because, look, it says it like this in, in Matthew um, 7, 7, that if you seek, you will find. And if you knock, the door will be opened on to you. And so the reason why Jesus would teach and preach like this is because he wants to spark curiosity in your heart. He wants you to, to take in those words and then wants to, to find more and to garner a hunger and to garner uh, an unction to go deeper into, the, into the, the spirit and the relationship that you have with Christ. He doesn't want you just to read and treat uh, the word of God like a, a single text. He wants you to treat the word of God like a living word, something that you can have a conversation with. And see, that is why we have to be curious, because Jesus was saying, if you seek, you will find. If you seek understanding, you will find understanding. If you seek the truth, you will find the truth. And so Jesus wants us to be curious about him. So the kingdom of heaven is, is not for the people who are complacent, but for the people who are curious, who want to go further in their relationship with God, who want to have a hunger after his word, who want to have an unction for him, who want to go after evermore after what the words of Christ is saying, because when you have that curiosity, when you have that hunger, there is no limit to your understanding and to your uh, strength in your relationship with Christ. So did y'all come hungry tonight? That's the question I'm trying to ask you. Because if you come hungry, if you come curious, you will find the understanding you seek. You will find the truth that you're looking for. But if you sit down in these chairs complacent, thinking that you've learned it all, you're going to walk outside these doors, not taking and and getting anything that has been spoken. But Jesus said, "I, I talk like this and I speak like this for a reason. Because we're meant to be curious about him. We should never reach a place where we think, I know everything about Jesus. We should never reach a place where we say, oh, I've read the Bible from cover to cover. I don't need to read it anymore. No, we should always be curious about Jesus. Here at Riverside Church, um, we have some great um, preachers and teachers here. Uh, I really think we have some world-class communicators, and not just from platform. Thank you for that one clap. Uh, Not just from platform, but we have some Awesome teachers um, in our growth track, our servant leaders, our elders. Like, if you want to be in a community with great teachers and and preachers and knowers of the word of God, you picked a perfect place. But there will never be or never has been and never will be uh, a better preacher and teacher than Jesus Christ. He, He was the perfect teacher. He was the perfect preacher. So you're in a treat for tonight. And this is the treat jesus what we're about to the scripture about to go into jesus breaks down the parable that we just read jesus actually unveils the curtain and he begins to break down the parable of the of the soil and he breaks it down for you and i so when you read these words tonight don't think it this came out from my mind it came from the word of jesus christ so you're in a treat so turn with me to matthew chapter 13 verse 18 this is Jesus, a few verses later, he begins to break down the parable that he just spoke. He begins to break it down. And so that's what we're going to look at uh, together. And he begins to explain the kingdom of heaven. He begins to explain how you can be rooted and grounded and how can and how you can bear fruit in his kingdom. So in verse 18, Jesus says, now listen to the explanation of the parable of the farmer planting seeds. He said, the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand. Everybody say understand. And they don't understand it. And then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. Just earlier we read in verse 11 that Jesus said that those who seek uh, understanding and those who listen, they will find it. So I don't think Jesus was saying that there are people in this world who are incapable of understanding. Matter of fact, the the gospel, the message of Jesus, is the most understood message of all human history. It has spread across the globe to every nation, to every tribe, to every creed. So if there's something that is understandable, it's the gospel. So I don't think that Jesus was saying that there are people on this earth who are incapable of understanding. I think everybody is capable of understanding what Jesus did them but what jesus was saying is that it's not that they were incapable of understanding but unwilling to understand see the gospel message doesn't just come um, through the lens of human eyes and human reasoning it comes through us stepping out by faith and saying maybe i need to let my pride down or maybe i need to get my faith up to begin to understand and believe in jesus and so what Jesus was saying at this point is that this that the, the first seed that was planted in the ground uh, for you to receive something, you have to believe it for you to receive a word. You have to act on the word. You have to be one to let your pride down or let be the one to maybe humble yourself enough to say, I need help from Jesus. I need this word from God. I I need this understanding that he has, because he was saying that if you don't uh, uh receive it and if you act like you don't need it understanding is going to pass you by and it's not because you're incapable of understanding it's not because you you don't have uh, uh the ability to it's because you're unwilling to matter uh, if that was through unbelief we all struggle at times believing things or maybe that was through because of um either pride or not being humble enough to say god i need this in my life so this is first point for tonight is that we can't inherit what we ignore. We can't inherit what we ignore. If we want to inherit uh, the kingdom privileges, we can't ignore the kingdom principles. If we want to inherit the the peace of God, we can't ignore the plan of God. If we want to inherit the goodness, if we want to inherit the fruit of the Spirit, we can't ignore the Spirit. What I'm trying to say is that if we want to to walk into the plan and purpose that God has for us, we can't ignore his voice. It doesn't make sense. But too many times, like he said in the parable, we hear the word, but we're unwilling to listen to the word. We're unwilling to act upon the word. See, if we are to inherit the kingdom, we must be intentional with the king. If we want to inherit, the, the, the things and the access and the privileges that being a kingdom citizen has, we have to be intentional with our king. We have to be intentional with our relationship with him. We have to be intentional with our, our, our prayer time, with our way we treat others. We have to be intentional of how we step out by faith and not by fear. We have to be intentional with all those things because if we're not, if we ignore all those things, we're going to be outside of our inheritance. But if we are intentional with Christ, if we're intentional with saying, God, if you give me a word, I'm going to act upon it. I'm not going to ignore it because we all have those times when Jesus says something, but we act like we didn't hear it. Like we're going down. We're about to make a decision. And you hear, don't do that. You're like, who said that? I don't, I don't know. And you do it anyways. And then we ignore some things, but then we expect to inherit the things that we are ignoring. We ignore the voice of God, but we expect to inherit the peace of God. See, it doesn't work like that. If we ignore what God is telling us, we won't inherit what God is trying to give us. We have to be able to be intentional with the king of kings, with the Lord of lords. See, if you want to be intentional with them, you have to be able to take that step of belief to lower your your pride and to... Up your belief and say, God, if you said it, I believe it. Are oh, y'all hearing what I'm saying tonight? And so Jesus continues in verse 20, and he goes to the next uh, example, when he says, the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately, everybody say immediately, immediately. receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, everybody say roots. roots. They don't last long. They fall away as soon as, pr- as problems Um, come their way or are are persecuted for believing God's word. So I don't think the faults in this example, I don't think their fault was them immediately believing Jesus. That's not a fault. That's a good thing. Matter of fact, there's many people who I know and love who immediately had a complete 360 or 180 uh, transformation with Jesus like as soon as they heard the gospel they immediately believed it and acted upon it and they're like the people who lo- still love jesus with all their hearts today so i don't think that's a bad thing to immediately go all in with jesus i don't think that don't let anybody tell you if you're just now on this jesus journey don't let anybody tell you hey you need to take your time with jesus don't let anybody tell you oh before you you know start doing this you need to make sure you read all of that don't let anybody tell you that you can immediately go all in for jesus christ right now right this second that's not the problem that Jesus was talking about. He w- so the problem wasn't the sudden growth. The problem was the lack of depth. The problem was they didn't go any deeper with Jesus. The problem was that they just let their understanding reach the surface level and no deeper. What happens is people want to have a surface level salvation to where they just want to say yes to salvation, but they don't want to say yes to surrender. They want to say, yes, God, I want you in my eternity, but I don't want you in my every day. I don't want you in my, in my, in my business, Jesus. Like, I, I want you in, you know, I, I want to go into heaven. I want you there, but I don't want you in my relationships. I don't want you in my decision making. I don't want you. And so what happens is that we just have a surface level Savior, and we just expect uh, God just to want to be an acquaintance with us this to be there when we want him to be there but when we don't want him there we want him to mind jesus mind your own business right now if we just have a surface level relationship with jesus our roots will never go deep enough to last our roots will never uh, be able to hold us together see jesus doesn't he doesn't just want us to to be acquaintances he doesn't just want us Just to have a a meet and greet with him and say, oh, you're Jesus, okay, nice to meet you, and then not see him again until heaven. That's not the kind of relationship Jesus wants us to have. He wants us to be in the the mud with us. He wants to be in the thick with us. He wants us to be in every day with us, even in our pain and our problems, even when we're having a good or bad day. (laughs) Jesus wants us to be with him at every moment. Point two for uh, tonight. Is that feelings will fade, but roots remain. Feelings will fade, but roots remain. So if you just follow Jesus whenever you feel like it, if you just follow Jesus whenever it's convenient, don't expect to survive the storm. Don't expect your faith to be able to survive the persecution. Don't expect your belief to be able to make it through uh, the chaos that life throws at us sometimes. Because if your feeling is this based upon, well, God, I'll follow you whenever I feel like it, whenever it's convenient. I'll follow you when I'm at church. I'll follow you when I'm around my Christian friends. But when it's not the convenient space, God, let me do my own thing. That's what we call a surface level savior. But if you just follow God when you just feel like it you're not going to survive the freeze, right? Like if you go outside, or you go outside right now, you look at the grass, you can look at at the plants, and they'll all look dead, right? Most of them look like uh, they, they don't have a future. But in a few weeks from now, you're about to see some flowers, you're about to see greenness come back, you're about to see things come back to life. Because although they look dead, their roots remained. Although those plants might look like it's over. The roots still survived the cold and the freeze. In the same way, if we get rooted and grounded with Jesus, if we get rooted in our faith, if we get rooted in, the, in our belief with Christ, even when the storm comes, we might get shaken a little bit, but our roots are too deep to get <laughs> taken, our belief taken from us. we got to get our roots deep enough and say, God, I want you in every place of my life. How, how, you know what, how you get God and how you get rooted with, with Jesus is that you, you let him in in every place. You let him in every area. And you let him in in every little function that you have in the good and the bad. Because I'm telling you right now, whatever you keep Jesus out of, that's where the enemy's going to attack. Wherever you say, Jesus, you can have everything except for this relationship. Get, guess what relationship's going to give you trouble? But how you get rooted and grounded with Jesus, you say, Jesus, you can have it all every ear the good and the bad every place of my life god you can have it all and then when the storm does come you're going to be so rooted and grounded that your belief will not be shaken your faith won't be stolen there's nothing that hell will be able to do to convince you to give up on jesus you know you know why because you've gone so far with jesus you have no other choice you say god look enemy you can't convince me to uproot myself i'm too deep in this i'm a tree i can't just get up and leave any longer I, Jesus isn't the service level with me no longer. No, we have a relationship now. We have commitment now. We have a covenant now. I'm not just going to get up and leave. So we can't just follow Jesus just when our faith feels like it. We have to follow Jesus by getting roots planted down into our relationship with Jesus. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying tonight? So in verse 22, Jesus goes to the next example, and he says, And it says, then the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries. Everybody say worries. Worries. By the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. Everybody say wealth. And the lure of wealth. So no fruit is produced. I think it's funny that Jesus, you know, he he doesn't do anything by accident, right? He's God. He used both worries and wealth. Seems like the opposite, seems like the, the flip side, but yet they both have the same result, no fruit. If you listen to the world, the world will tell you that if you have wealth, then you will have no worries. Or on the flip side, if you have worries in your life, oh, it's because you have no wealth. But Jesus said it doesn't matter if you have worries or wealth. If you don't have me, you don't have anything. It doesn't matter if your big account has 20 zeros or just one zero if you don't have me it doesn't mean anything you will still not bear fruit in the kingdom of god this is why i'm so passionate about the kingdom of heaven because it doesn't matter who you were on earth when you take on the name of christ when you get baptized by the blood it doesn't matter what the past you had it doesn't matter what was against you now you're able to function in a kingdom that if you just listen to jesus if you just follow after Him, there is nothing that can be will be withheld from you. There will be nothing that you won't be able to overcome all by the being able to follow after Jesus. And so, we have to treat that relationship with God. We have to treat our, our 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 devotion life, our prayer time, our our time reading the Word. We have to treat it like it's the most valuable thing in our life. If you treat your relationship with Jesus like it's the most valuable, uh, um most valuable resource you have, I'm telling you, there will not be a time in your life where you feel empty. There will not be a time in your, in your life where you will lack. See, Jesus doesn't promise um, that we will um, have everything we want. He does promise we will always have everything we need, that he is our great provider, yeah. he, that he's the one who will meet our needs. And, and if we you, if you truly just lean into every resource of the kingdom of heaven, we're going to see his hand really show up and show out in that form because we're treating Jesus more valuable than we are treating the world. If we look at the world and say, "Hold up Jesus, before I follow you, let me take care of these things that has happening in the world." What we're saying to God is, "God, you're cheap." What we're saying to Jesus, you know, I, "You're you're valuable, but not as valuable as my stuff." But if you say, "God, it doesn't matter what comes and what goes." Your relationship that I have, the, the the time I have with you, that is the most uh, valuable commodity I could ever gain. That is when we get in the flow where Jesus can begin to work on the inside of us. Here's a point number uh, three for tonight is don't let the present be louder than the promise. Don't let the present be louder than the promise. So when Jesus was saying uh, don't let any, he said the worries and of of, of the past and the, and, the, and the lure of wealth is what made people not be able to bear fruit in the kingdom. What he was saying is that they received a word from God, but because of what was going on in the present, they weren't able to step out by faith. They weren't able to really grab a hold of this promise that they heard because there were some worries or because there were some um, some things that they were thinking about. Say, God, yes, I I could follow after you, but I might lose out on this wealth. Or they were saying, yeah, God, I could follow after you, um, but I have some things, some worries I need to take care of. But if we tell ourselves there is nothing that is going on in our present life that is more important than God's promise, then there'd be nothing that the enemy will be able to convince us to choose uh, the things of the world over the things of God. Because the moment God tells you to do something, the moment God tells you to activate something, you're going to step out because you're saying, that's what's most valuable. Not the stuff of this earth, but the things in the word of God's mouth. That is what is valuable. That is whats what, is, is what is, uh, will last and take us in eternity. So that way we can't ha- let anything. Whether it be fear of of losing success or the or the or the fear of not having success, keep us from stepping out in the word that God is telling us to do. There will never be a scenario where God tells you to do something, and then you have a valid excuse not to do it. Like there will never be a a, a scenario where God's like, uh, you know, so and so, it's time for you to start that business, and you'd be like, well, God. You forgot about that and this. It'd be like, Oh, that's right. You're right. Talk about that. Yeah, that's a good. God will never tell you that. When God tells you to do something, there is not a valid excuse not to do it. God, God quite literally knows everything. There is no excuse you can make up that will take God by surprise. Like, oh, I didn't account for that. Now when God calls on you, when God tells you to do something, he's already taken everything into account. He's already seeing what your future has. He's already in your future right now. And so when he calls you to do something, He's he's, he's, he's not saying if it works out for your schedule. He's saying if you love me, if you trust me, you're going to do this. If you truly want to follow after me and be able to align yourself with the, with the will of God and, and align yourself with his kingdom, you're going to do what I ask you to do. Because see, when we live in a kingdom, right, the most powerful authority in the kingdom is the, is the king. So, nobody got points for that. The most authoritative person in the kingdom is the king. So when the king asks you to do something, there's no, well, God, i got things on my schedule. There's no, well, God, you don't understand um, what people are saying. There's no, well, God, you don't understand the problems I have. He understands all of it, okay? He knows all of it. And matter of fact, he has answers for all of it if you just choose to follow after him. If you just choose to trust into what he's saying, God will take care of all those worries that you have in your mind if you just trust God with all your heart. Are you all hearing what I'm saying tonight? But this is what we have to say when we're talking about falling after Jesus and his kingdom is that the enemy will always bring up an excuse. The enemy will always bring up an insecurity. It always seems like as soon as Jesus tells you to go, the enemy is already telling you why you need to stop, why you can't do this. Oh, think about what that person said. Think about what that person might say. Think about what could happen. Think about what happened last time. Think about your past. Think about the pain. Think about all these things. And if you let it drown out and be louder than god's promise you're always going to stay in the same place at the same time yeah. but god is trying to take us to places god's kind of trying to take us to our promise god's trying to take us to uh, to to dreams that you never dreamt god's trying to take you to promises that you not thought were even possible all because he knows that if you follow after his word there is nothing that can stop you there's nothing that can stop us the enemy has no answer to the word of God. The enemy has no answer to the, to the plan of God. The only thing the enemy can hope that happens is that we say no. The only thing that the enemy can hope that happens is that we're not obedient. That's the, that's the only chance the enemy has. The only chance he has of stopping God's plan is not him stopping it. He can't do nothing. It's us that's not wanting to do it. Us, us not being obedient to it. That's the only chance that the enemy has. But we have to do together. What we have to say to Jesus is that it doesn't matter, God, who it separates me from. It doesn't matter who it puts me with. It doesn't matter what kind of life situation might place me in. I'm saying yes to you. I'm saying yes to you despite the worries. I'm saying yes to you despite the pain. I'm saying yes to you despite the past. I'm saying yes to you despite the people, despite the politics, despite whatever you're thinking in your mind right now. To say, God, I'm going to say yes to you despite that. And if you say that in your heart, and if you act up upon that, and you follow after him, I'm telling you, that is when we activate. Not only is the kingdom of, of, of heaven coming here on earth, but the will of God's going to take place in our life. And we're going to see a, a transformation on the inside of us, a transformation in our family. Why? All because we said yes to Jesus. If you want to say yes to Jesus, um, stand to your feet. I'm closing. Stand to your feet. i to close with the final verse in 23 now jesus goes with the last example and breaks it down for us he says the seed that fell on good soil represent those who truly hear and understand god's word notice he says hear and understand a lot of people can hear but it's hard to understand A lot of people can hear the voice of God tell them to go and witness to that friend who betrayed you years ago and tell them about Jesus. A lot of people can hear that, but not a lot of people can understand why you would do that. A lot of people can hear, oh, God telling you to start this business or God telling you to start this ministry. A lot of people can hear, but it's hard to understand how. But he said, the seed that fell on good Soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as, as much as have been planted. What Jesus wants to do for us tonight is really take the limits off of us. We're closing out this series. I don't know what's going to happen next Wednesday. God hasn't said anything yet. But what, I know what He wants to do tonight. And it's this, let us not be a part of a kingdom, but not step into uh, the identity of a citizen of his kingdom. The, the privileges, the, the authority, the, the peace. See, even though we're in this world, we're not of this world. Even though we're part of, of this government here on earth. We have a higher government we answer to even though there's there's things that you might divide us the kingdom of heaven his kingdom brings us together that we're all brothers and sisters in christ that we're all part of the same kingdom of heaven trying to push a call forward trying to be able to To spread this message that Jesus came, uh, the gospel that he sent out, that is what we're all having the same mission of. But when Jesus was explaining this last parable, he said, when you plant in the kingdom of heaven, the harvest you receive will be 30, 60, even 100 times more. What he was saying is this. What you can do here on earth compares nothing to what I can do through you for the kingdom of heaven. You might be talented in the world's eyes and might be able to get some things done, but when you're part of the kingdom of heaven and God begins to use you to build his kingdom, he will take you to places. He will, he will uh, not only take you to your potential, but he will take you to spots and to, and, and to dreams that you never thought were possible. All because we chose to, to plant and sow in his kingdom I want to close with this thought is that there are no ceilings in the kingdom of heaven there are no ceilings in the kingdom of heaven I don't know what you've been told I don't know if if your friend told you you're never going to live up to anything I don't know if your boss told you you weren't smart enough I don't know if people said you don't have the experience those things might be true here on earth here in the world But when you're part of his kingdom, there are no ceilings. There are no limits. There are no things that will hindrance you from God using you. So whatever those things, maybe insecurities, maybe things to say, God, I want to be used by you, but but I'm I'm afraid of this. I'm insecure about that. I've, I've had bad experiences with this or I have a past with that. Whatever that is, there is no reason to think about that in the kingdom of heaven because it has no uh, it has no has ability to change what God wants to do. When you give God all the, the freedom to do what He wants in your life, the limits are taken off of your life. See, it doesn't matter if we have weakness in the eyes of the world, because where we are weak, God is strong. Where we lack, God makes up the difference. Where we thought we didn't have enough, God makes it to where our cup overflows. Where we thought that we were going to come up short. God makes us where we are the ones who are finishing the race first and God does this for a reason God does this so we can found the world God does this so that when people see us being used in the kingdom of heaven the world's gonna say how in the world are they doing that how in the world is this guy who couldn't be able to function in the world is now being ones whose faith is is proclaiming the kingdom of heaven that is what is gonna bring others to be a part of what Jesus is building that is what's going to bring others together is by us coming together in spite of our weaknesses, in spite of our insecurities, saying, God, I want to follow after you. Jesus, I want to say yes to you. With every head bowed and eyes closed, we're going to sing a song together. Father, we welcome you in your Holy Spirit right now. We thank you, Jesus, that this moment right here, Father, is our opportunity not just to hear, but to understand. Father, not just to let. God, this moment passed by, but for us to be intentional with you in this moment, for us to go, Father, dive both feet into this moment and say, Holy Spirit, have your way in my life. Holy Spirit, begin to remove things, insecurities, fears, uh, worries from my mind, so that way I can be wholeheartedly all in into the will of Jesus Christ. begin to pray out to Jesus. this begin to draw a circle around yourself and say, God, this is between me and you. This is our time to be intentional with Jesus. This is our time to say yes to him.